Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Troop Leader Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. I'm based in Arizona, so I am a volunteer in the Council Arizona Cactus Pine. And I just want to say welcome if you're new here. This is the time of year where I'm usually meeting a lot of you for the very first time. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening. And I really hope that this podcast is helpful for you. I have been hosting this podcast as consistently as I can, (laughs) realistically, since 2018. I cannot believe we have been doing this for this many years. Some of these episodes will be interviews with either other troop leaders or other experts in working with kids, working with girls, doing outdoor education, working for different councils, all kinds of different specializations. And some are solo episodes where I'm just sharing my experience and what I know. So if you're new, I really encourage you to go back through their so much good information in the past five, six years of this podcast. So go back through and listen to all the stuff that is in the back catalog in the archives. I think that you will really love it. Also, if you're a Facebook user, come join us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. It's not like... um an overwhelming, I guess, uh, overwhelmingly engaged community, but it is a community of like-minded people and it gives you direct access to me and other people who want to make a massive impact as a troop leader. We want to do this in a way that's going to have as big of an impact as possible. So make sure you come join me on Facebook. Uh, You can find the page at facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast. So that's pretty easy to remember. And then there's a link to join the group right from there. You can also send me an email anytime. I genuinely want to hear from you. I mean it. You can email me at girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. Again, super easy to remember, girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. Now, sometimes I weirdly get myself locked out of that account or I just get overwhelmed with like, you know, work or family or health or life. And sometimes I may have some delayed responses to your emails, but I promise I genuinely want to hear from you. I want to hear what is going great. I want to hear what advice was helpful. I want to hear about the podcast episodes you love the most. And I genuinely just want to hear your stories, see your pictures, and geek out with you about how much we love Girl Scouts together. So if you find yourself wanting wondering I want to reach out, but would she even care about this? Girl, the answer is yes. Yes, I want to hear from you. And um, I just said that, but I also know there's a couple of dads out there who listen to this podcast who feel very passionately about when I am too, I lean too hard into where women or um, even non-binary or where moms or anything like that. I personally, I'm a stepmom. I am not uh, a mom of any kid in my troop. So I understand the sensitivity of being lumped into a box uh, identity-wise. We try to be as inclusive as possible around here. And um, shout out to you if you're uh, a dad or not a mom or not a parent at all, or um, if you had relate to some other gender identity anywhere on the gender spectrum, everybody is welcome here. So anyway, shout out to you. I still, I want to hear from everybody. I want to hear your stories. I want to see your photos. Um, some, some, you know, privacy issues or whatever with like necessarily like posting them in the Facebook group. Totally understand that. Email me. Let's geek out about it. I want to hear. So Anyways, welcome all the things. I also do have an Etsy shop. Now, mostly what I have on there are like 
apparel, and most of it is adult sizes, although I'm trying to expand my girl size offerings uh, as much as possible. But I have some cool things on there like uh, don't make me use my troop leader voice and crazy cookie lady. And I'm sorry for what I said during cookie season. There's all kinds of good stuff over on Etsy. So I'll make sure that link is in the description of this episode. But you can also find it in the Facebook group. So definitely go check that out. And uh, your purchases help support my efforts on this podcast. And um, yeah, I'm just a volunteer. So I'm just doing this um, just with my own time and my own resources and my own energy and my own expertise. And I I'm just doing it because it's a labor of love and because every time I think I don't have time or energy for this anymore, I hear from one of you talking about how much this podcast means to you, what it's done to revolutionize your relationship with your daughter or how you were ready to quit and then you found this podcast and it changed everything for you. Or I've heard from some staff members in council saying I across the country, literally, I use this in new leader training. Like, I've heard from people saying, oh, I found you because the volunteers were recommending this as a resource at a one of our monthly leader meetings. You guys, that means so much to me. Right when I start thinking, ah, do I really have the bandwidth for this? I get a five-star review with something really meaningful. So if you haven't left a review for this podcast yet and you've been listening for a little while, if you love it, if it means something to you, please take a minute now in either Spotify or Apple podcasts and just go ahead and leave me a rating and in apple if you can also leave me a review that helps me see like an actual person behind the rating an actual person is listening it means so much to me similarly on spotify now you can actually give a little response to the episode so you can share your own insights or your own story or just let me know if there was an episode that particularly resonated you can actually give feedback on each specific episode now over on spotify so wherever you're listening if it's one of those two platforms please give me some feedback. And if it's not one of those two platforms, then send me an email, girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, that's now like seven minutes of me talking about the podcast. But you know what? I haven't really talked about that stuff in a while. So I feel like we were overdue. But here's what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted, I saw this um, graphic on Instagram that a friend of mine shared. Um, And he's actually been on this podcast before. His name is Ricardo and he does outdoor education and like forest education. And he has his own podcast now, by the way, called The Forest Educator. And he does two episodes a week. He does a solo episode with like his own tips and training. And then he also does an interview every single week with another forest educator from around the world. And they talk about all kinds of different things that might be super interested, interesting to you if you like the outdoor like training element or if that intimidates you, then it might be helpful. So Anyways, he shared this and it was actually a repost from Everwild Forest School. Now, Everwild, the the founder of Everwild, has actually been a guest on his podcast before, um, but this is from the Everwild Forest School account. And it says, child-led doesn't mean let them do what they want. 
And then there's a bunch of suggestions about what child-led learning really means. Now, here's the thing. This might sound familiar to you because one of the major principles of Girl Scout programming is girl-led. We are trying to do things girl-led. And you're going to hear, if you're new, you're going to hear that phrase all the time. <laughs> it's something that comes up all the time. If you are not new, you have heard it a lot and it can feel like a lot of pressure of, I need to make sure I create this girl-led experience. And one of the go-to things that you hear people talk about when they talk about girl-led is that uh, it means the girls run the meetings. And that is one way to do girl-led. I've talked about this on this podcast before. That is one way to do girl-led. But when I think about girl-led, and I think this is so important and I think people need to talk about it more, which is why I wanted to do an episode on it today. When I think about girl-led, I actually think about all the ways we build leadership skills and we have autonomy and independence and choices and making sure that the girls in our troops have those experiences and the opportunity to develop those skills. That is what girl-led means. Now, that certainly could include running meetings. That could definitely be a way that girls could experience, have a girl-led experience, right? But it doesn't have to look like that. Also, one of the things when we first switched to this version of programming and we first rolled out girl-led, one of the things that a lot of people would give resistance to is like, so I'm just supposed to let them do what they want. How are you supposed to have girl-led when girls are five? Like, um, they're just going to be crazy. They're just going to want to like eat cupcakes and run around screaming. Like, I can't let them just be girl-led. I, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So, um, I think that this is a really, really helpful post, and I thought it captures exactly how I feel about girl-led. And also, it re-emphasizes to me that Girl Scouts didn't just, as a like, national organization, didn't just come up with this whole girl-led principle. This is a conversation that is being had internationally in youth, serve, youth serving organizations and youth serving programming all around the world in all different environments and it is part of the thought leadership and the exploration of what it means to serve kids we're having this conversation of child-led now we don't generally refer to the girls in our program as children we refer to them as girl members and um i think part of the reason why is because it's a very gendered organization and i think which is something that we've talked about that's actually kind of difficult in this podcast i want to be super inclusive also all our members are girls mm, okay um but anyway um it is definitely a gendered organization and also i think it's a little bit more uh, empowering for the fact that we serve girls from K to 12 because referring to it as child-led to me kind of has an indicator. It kind of gives this like little underlying indication that is um, maybe less inclusive of older girls. Our older girls can be as old as 18 and they may not identify legally or figuratively as children. But honestly, even by 14, they may not really identify as children anymore. And in fact, like when it comes to media, because I work in media, I work in podcasting, and I, hence this being a hobby. And I, uh, I know that for advertising standards on like podcasts, YouTube, that kind of thing, 
children, content for children, advertising for children means children under 12. And clearly we serve girls over 12. So I think that's part of the reason why as well. But this whole idea of child-led would be more of the international conversation that's been happening in the last couple decades about youth serving programming and youth-oriented programming. And in Girl Scout speak, that means girl-led, right? Same conversation. So I think that's really interesting to consider the fact that like, this isn't something Girl Scouts just came up with and just developed all of this research on their own about why this is important and why this gets results. This is something that all youth organizations and youth programming are exploring and have been for the last couple of decades. So Child-led or girl-led does not mean let them do what they want. Let's look at what it does mean. There's a couple of tips. There's six tips that Everwild Forest School included, and I wanted to um, spend a little bit of time on each of their suggestions and kind of what that could look like in the troop leader perspective. Now, it's interesting because this is already advice that I would give anyway, but I do want to give credit where credit is due because I'm using the outline of somebody else's post. So although I totally agree and these are the same things I've said, this is what other people are saying too. So validated right now. Okay, so the first suggestion of what child-led does mean is um according to everwild forest school it's kind of hard to say fast everwild forest school is understand what motivates them so understand what motivates them now this is going to vary depending on the individual depending on the group depending on the grade level depending on your geographic location depending on uh, different aspects of their identity depending on what emotional bandwidth they have at the, any given time um, it's going to depend on their economic circumstances. It's going to depend. Did I already say geography? It's going to depend on geography. It's going to depend on so many different things. And like I said, we can look both at the individual and at the group. So understanding what motivates them, that is going to contribute to having a girl-led experience. So I want you to think about what motivates your girls, both as individuals as well as the group as a whole. Now, right now, if you're still on summer break, if you're not meeting yet, then you may not know what girls are in your troop. If you're brand new, you don't know your girls yet, you're still recruiting, you don't really know what it's going to look like, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to answer that question right now. That's totally fine. Let's keep this front of mind and top of mind as you are moving through the year and you're getting to know your girls and you're planning things with them, for them, all of the, all of the things. So understanding what motivates them. The second one is setting boundaries together. So <laughs> this is important because we're talking more and more these days about how important it is to set boundaries, but there is such a difference between you setting boundaries and letting the girls and their families know this is what the boundaries are than the experience of setting boundaries together with those girls. And one way to think about this is the way that you know, that go-to suggestion that you may have heard before of setting group agreements together. So this is a great way to kick off the new year, whether they're returning girls or you're a brand new troop or you have new girls or not, it doesn't really matter. Brand new year, brand new school year, brand new calendar year, brand new Girl Scout year, any of those things would count. Um, so going into a new school year slash a new Girl Scout year, this is a, a good time to do it, is to set group agreements together. 
And you want to do this each year anyway, or you want to do this maybe each grade level or something. You want to do it periodically because what motivates them and what's important to them is going to change. And they're going to know each other better and differently and what their priorities are and their um, their value systems are getting developed as they're growing, right? So um, setting boundaries together. And another way that this could look is approaching them with leadership when you need to do behavior correction. So when there's an issue or a conflict or uh, a behavior that is disruptive, then talking to either the group or the two involved or an individual and pulling them aside and having that sit down together conversation of like, let's solve this together. Instead of that girl getting lectured or that group getting lectured, it turns into a generative conversation of let's both arrive at the solution. It's letting that girl be seen or letting that group of girls be seen and held and validated that their experience matters and whatever motivates them, what's important to them matters. And having them show up with you 50-50 in achieving a result or making a plan of how to move forward together or making an agreement of this is what we're going to do moving forward, that is going to be such a meaningful and high impact way to do quote unquote girl led. Okay. The next one is kind of related. It is listen to them. Oh yeah. Listen to them. I was like, did I already do this? Cause that sounds really similar. Listen to them. So again, this could look like in a, a high emotional, uh, an emotionally charged situation, giving them a platform for their voice to be heard, but it's letting their voice be heard in all things, right? So if you look at the volunteer toolkit, which if you don't know what that is, it is GSUSA's resource that walks you through the badge requirements and what that can look like, like programming for you, handing you like scripts and steps to earn badges or journeys. But um, you don't don't necessarily have to use the uh, the toolkit. You might love it. You might hate it. You might have tried it years ago, but you haven't tried it since because it was a bad experience. But I promise they are developing it all the time. So it's come a long way. Um, I still personally probably wouldn't really use it as much as you could use it. I probably would use it as like a touch point reference rather than like dig in, but that's a whole other podcast episode. Anyway, so um, you'll notice if you do use it that so much of the scripts and the suggestions are, let's sit down and talk about it. And this is why. Because although it isn't always effective the way GSUSA will lay it out for you, uh, the idea is we want girls to have a chance to express what they think and how they feel about things. And that that is high impact in itself, just letting them have an opinion and holding space for them to express those feelings, those thoughts, those ideas. And um, listening to them and um, giving them the mic, right? Giving them the talking stick, giving them the floor, letting them share. If they have something to say, let them say it in full before you move on. Also, make sure they have a chance to share that. Um, and sometimes that's going to mean giving them a chance to share it one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes that's going to mean giving them a chance to share it to the whole group. Sometimes it's going to mean the group going back and forth and exploring. Sometimes it means one girl is 
just going to become a wallflower while the louder, more outgoing girls monopolize the discussion time. So it's making a point of holding space for, hey, quiet girl, do you want to contribute? Sometimes quiet girl doesn't want to contribute in that environment. So it might look like setting time aside where you can go sit with her and one-on-one, not in a big group, give her a chance to share in a more intimate environment. Maybe that girl is going to be more comfortable with her best friend than she is with the whole group. So it might include splitting off into pairs and letting girls chit chat together about their ideas with somebody they already feel safe with, right? But making sure that we're creating these different environments for girls to be heard and for us to really show we're listening, that's going to matter. And related to listening to girls, I also want to say is bringing those things back up again. So if a girl says that her favorite color is green, then that can be an easy way to show her for the rest of the time you know her that you listened, right? Um, That's just like a really small, simple example, but paying attention. If a girl says that, you know, she had a really hard test or she's really struggling with math, two weeks later, four weeks later, six weeks later, six months later, ask her, hey, I know you were having a tough time with math at the beginning of the school year. How's that going? And giving her the chance to understand and to be validated that she was heard that you listened to what she had to say, that's going to go a really long way. So lots of things there. We could probably do a whole episode on listening, but let's just, we'll just, uh, we'll move on. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, Number four, notice what they notice. And I think there's a couple of things here. One is going to be giving them, again, a platform to express what they notice um giving them a chance to make observations if you have participated as an adult in any girl scout a adult program they will often have you do observation things like i want you to walk around with your journal outside and i want you to write what you see write what you smell write what you taste write what you hear you know write how you feel like i want you to spend some time observing um that's very girl scouty i'm saying it with that voice because it does get a little woo woo some people love that and they want like want to lean in really hard and other people it's like okay i'm just gonna for me it tends to be kind of a balance like i enjoy it but i'm not a very woo woo type of person so i will go into i don't even like the expression woo but anyways i'll go into that environment and i'm going to um like lean in to this is what it is i'm going to take what i want i'm going to leave the rest so Uh, I am going to participate if they tell me to walk around and explore my five senses and then to journal about my five senses and what I experience. I'm going to do it. Am I going to be open minded about it? Right. I'm not going to close myself off to it or protest or like be the cool rebel girl. I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm going to try it. Right. I'm going to try to be open minded and I'm going to lean into it. But also it's not necessarily like a driving way I live my life. So it's balance. (laughs) It's all a balance. That's just my personal preference. Some of you might be listening and thinking, I love that kind of thing. And some of you might be listening thinking, yeah, that's not for me. That's totally fine. All all are valid. So so part of it is giving girls an opportunity to notice. It's giving girls an opportunity to observe. But it's also hearing, and this kind of dips back into listening, it's hearing when they do observe right? And it's validating what they do observe. So give them a space to say, like, how does this make you feel? What do you think about this? And then also 
holding space for them to fully express it before you move on, and then also acknowledging it. It can also be uh, more simple things. Let's say you're on a hike or you're on a walk and a girl says, that's pretty, or look at that bird, or um, look at the person's shoes walking in front of us. Whatever they say, they see, or they hear, or they feel, or they smell, or whatever, whatever it is, whatever observation, whatever they're noticing, whatever they're expressing, take a minute to come to their level and to meet them where they are. And that is going to be girl-led, right? Okay, so notice what they notice. Number five, I thought I had six, but I guess I have seven because I'm on number five, right? Understand what motivates them, number one. Two, set boundaries together. Three, listen to them. Four, notice what they notice. Five, share happy moments. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, especially at the end of the year, you've heard me talk about um, spending some time uh, reflecting on the things you loved. Reflect on the things you loved about the year. Let the girls reflect on their favorite memories, the things they loved the most. This is also something you can do regularly in the moment and directly after events. So um, making sure that you are spending some time on reflection of the things that you loved the most and let people express, let everybody in the group express those things, whether that's in a journal, whether that's in a drawing, whether that's on a poster or a mural or finger painting or um, physically running to one side of the room if this was your favorite thing, physically, you know, whatever it is. Um, it could be a group discussion. It could be it could look like so many different ways to express those things. Um, a scrapbook, we talked about that at the end of the year. Um, so many versions of that opportunity to reflect or share. And then also listening to them, etc., like we talked about in the other points. Now, it also means sharing happy moments as in have happy moments together. Like literally having happy moments together is creating shared happy memories and that contributes to their girl-led experience so when they're happy and they're having fun then it's gonna feel like they are actively participating and part of it right you can think about the difference between a girl who is not having a good time who's having a hard time and who's um feeling excluded and left out that's not going to feel like leadership. But in the moments where she's excited and happy and enthusiastic, she's actively engaged and she's really present. Um, that's going to be the difference between uh, a girl-led experience and a non-girl-led experience. That's one way that looks. So um, that's part of it. And then also another form of sharing happy moments. I'm sorry, I keep drinking, but this is the third episode I've recorded in a row. And I'm like super dehydrated at this point. I apologize. So and normally like when I do an interview or something or if it needs like a lot of editing, I'll go through and I will edit these, but I'm not going to edit these today. So I'm just trying to get them out for you. So you're going to hear me drink. I apologize. <laughs> so another version of sharing happy moments is to give girls an opportunity to share and acknowledge what makes them happy outside of your time together. So if they got a great grade on a test or if something great is happening at home or if um, as they get older, they have their first crush or they have their first kiss or they have their first significant other or they get asked to a dance or they got a good grade or it could be literally anything, right? Something exciting. Uh, I had girls share um, that they qualified for like a state 
competition sports team or uh, they got a part in a play or whatever it is that they are happy about and celebrating. It could even be something simpler like they had their favorite food for lunch or whatever. Um, they're going to their favorite restaurant for dinner after the troop meeting. Whatever it is that makes them happy, share those happy moments with them. Let them express that to you and then take the time to listen and acknowledge that this is a happy thing for them and that's going to contribute to their experience of feeling girl-led. Okay, so number six, which I originally thought there were only six, but there's seven. Number six, respect their opinions. So let them have opinions. That's been a big theme here, but then also respecting that they have opinions. And this can be sometimes challenging as girls get older and they assert themselves with such confidence that they know so much about the world. And you know, with your lived experience, that you know more than they do about a topic or you've had experiences that you know they're wrong or you disagree with them and uh, respecting their opinions can look like in this context of working with k-12 kids right or uh, k-12 girls it can look like sometimes just giving them space to learn on their own let them have the opinion that they have. You can push them. You can help them explore it. You can help them express it. You can help them really like dig in and understand it, but let them have their own opinions and give them a chance to have opinions about things instead of telling them what to think or how to feel. Give them a chance to think about what they think and how they feel and then to express what they think and how they feel and then be respected for having thoughts and feelings right? That is going to be a massive, 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 cannot be of overstated part of what it means to be girl-led. And I would even go so far as to say, to me, this is what girl-led really comes to, is giving girls the opportunity to have opinions and then express them and be respected for having those opinions. Let them have thoughts and explore those thoughts. That is leadership. And there's so many elements of our lives where we're told what to do and we're following rules, even down to the law, right? When you get in the car, you might choose what route you take to get to your destination, but you have to go to the speed limit and you stop at stop signs and red lights and so on and so forth. Like there's certain things, you know, you your turn signal or your indicator light um like there's certain you wear your seatbelt. there's things that you do because you're told this is what you're supposed to do and you can be explained to this is why and you can agree that that's a good reason to do those things but it's not the same as having autonomy to make decisions so being given the opportunity to have opinions and thoughts and feelings and to express those and explore those and have a safe space where you're respected to do that matters so much, especially as the girls get older. Now, when the girls are younger, that could look as simple as like letting them make choices. Um, and that can be choose between A activity and B activity, or we're going to do both A and B, but you choose what order. Are we going to start with A or are we going to start with B? When they're going to go make a craft, let them choose which color construction paper do you want to use? You can use any of these colors. Um, now you're going to decorate with stickers. You can use any of these stickers. Now you're going to, you know, you're going to paint a tree, but that tree can look like anything you want it to look. You're going to make a self-portrait, but that portrait can look any way you want. So you can, it can be realistic. It can be silly. It can be how you feel on the inside. It can be anything, right? What what do you look like in your mind? What does that mean to you, right? Any any of those opportunities to have autonomy matter. 
um, choose between chocolate and vanilla, choose between carrots and celery, choose between ranch or blue cheese, you know, any of those things. Like giving them the opportunity to choose and express their opinion and to have their opinion be respected and to let their opinion quote unquote matter. That is enough to create a girl-led experience. And then the final point from Everwild Forest School about child-led learning, so in our case, girl-led, is empower them. So empowerment is an interesting term, isn't it? I would say that for me, empowering girls means that they know that they're seen and heard, they're validated. That's all stuff we've already talked about, but also they're encouraged. So we've talked on this podcast before about recognizing girls for what makes them special and unique. And I I know that that sounds kind of cheesy, but especially when there's a girl that you struggle with liking or that doesn't fit in very well or that doesn't doesn't necessarily make things easy for you. Maybe she talks a lot. Maybe she's disruptive. Maybe she just doesn't really have friends. Maybe she asserts herself a lot. Maybe she always has a lot to say. Whatever it is, there can be girls that can feel, quote unquote, difficult or disruptive that maybe we struggle to uh, bond with as much. Maybe um It makes our heart hurt because we want that girl to have an easier experience, but she just makes things difficult for herself. And it's so hard as an adult to watch that happen sometimes, whatever it is. Um, I especially think it's important in those situations in order for you to have a positive relationship with that girl where that girl still has a high impact experience, just like the girls that you really like and click with easily. Um, one one tip I have in the, those situations, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, is to think about what makes that girl, what does that girl have to offer? What do you admire about that girl? What is so cool about that girl? What is special about that girl? And, um, and encouraging those things. But I think it's true for all girls. What can we encourage and what can we recognize? And I think especially because girls and women often aren't told enough about the things we do well or the ways that we are enough we're often told that all the ways that we're not enough that we're not good enough not pretty enough not smart enough we're too loud we're not loud enough we whatever it is it's all the things we're doing wrong right so one version of empowerment is just taking time to recognize girls now i do think the you are enough kind of movement. Um, I am enough. You are enough. Um, we are all enough. That matters. There's also an underlying thing for me. This is my personal opinion, my personal experience. There's an underlying thing there that to me feels like sometimes we all acknowledge you're not good at this, but you're still enough. You're still likable. You're still lovable, but you're not good at this. Or we all acknowledge that, um, like we can we can collectively acknowledge you're not a supermodel. You're just not pretty. But you know what? You don't have to be. You don't have to be pretty. It's okay. And there's something about that that's like, yes, thank you for letting me know that I don't have to be pretty. That matters. And also it still hurts. <laughs> so there's something about the you are enough kind of branding or or movement or whatever that to me sort of feels like an underhanded like, listen, you're not good at this. Listen, you're not actually like, you're not going to win any awards for this. You're not going to, you're not going to be recognized for this, but that's okay. 
we still love you anyway. <laughs> and I do want to be loved anyway. And I don't want to be like coddled. I don't want you to tell me I'm good at something if I'm clearly not. Like, let's just go ahead and talk about it. But I also, um, I still feel bad that I wish I was better at something, right? And I think that's something that we see a lot with our girls too. So I think one thing for me that's really been helpful is recognizing, hey, I see how much effort you're putting towards this. Or, hey, I see how far you've come. Like, here's how much progress I've watched you make here. Or taking the time in small moments to recognize, like, wow, you are such a great leader. You are such a great public speaker. You are such a great artist. Because those are the moments that stay with people their whole lives. I've recently, I've had these conversations with other adults in my life, um, related to my business actually, about these moments in our childhood where somebody told us we were or weren't good at something that stayed with us as adults. My husband has a story of a teacher who really took an interest in him as a writer. And being a writer is such a fundamental staple of his identity because this teacher said that to him. Um, I also, uh, I, I have a friend who, um, as a kid, she was little she was singing in a bathroom and someone told her she was a great singer uh when she came out of the bathroom an adult told her she was a really great singer she had a really beautiful voice and now like as a result singing has been a part of her whole life she was embarrassed that somebody heard her but that's something that i've tried to emulate when i hear a kid singing i tell them they have a beautiful voice and that they should keep singing when i see someone drawing i tell them wow i love the colors that you chose. I love your eye for art. I love, wow, you're such, you're so good at drawing. Whatever it is, right? Like, just take the moment. It doesn't have to be a big deal, right? You don't have to blow the moment out of proportion necessarily. Just use your, your discretion. But a little comment can go such a long way in shaping someone's identity. And the opposite is also true. So um, making a small comment of, and this is something that I've talked about with other adults in my life, a teacher saying, I can't believe you forgot your textbooks, your textbook again. You would forget your head if it wasn't attached. You are the most forgetful. You're so irresponsible. You can't be trusted with anything. And they didn't necessarily go on and on, right? But they made these little microaggression comments that shaped my friend's identity that now she still sees herself that way as a person who can't be trusted with details, who is always forgetful. So these comments are things that kids carry into the rest of their lives, the rest of their childhood and their adulthood. And it can shape everything. It shapes how they feel about themselves, how they see themselves, what activities they pursue, um, their confidence in pursuing those activities. And so when we take the time to be a voice in their lives that is empowering, to me that means being a voice in their lives that recognizes the things that they've done well or the effort that they've put forth or their confidence or their public speaking or actual skills, right? Like, wow, you are such a good basketball player. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're ready to try out for the WNBA, right? It doesn't necessarily mean they're destined for college scholarships or like they're going to win some kind of international award for being the best basketball player that ever walked the earth, right? But letting them know, hey, you're good at this 
is empowering for them to keep going and to keep trying. And you never know what they might accomplish because they have that encouragement. So I think that that matters. I think that that's such a big thing, a big part of empowerment for me is being the voice in these kids' lives of encouragement and motivation and also filtering out the disempowering things because these girls are getting those disempowering messages everywhere else from the kids at school, frankly, the boys at school, but other girls too, for sure. Girls tear each other down a lot for they're getting it from their parents because their parents are trying to parent them. They're getting it from their teachers. Maybe they're getting it from the principal. They're getting it from maybe even law enforcement, you know, depending on the circumstances that the kids are coming to you from. The world is going to, they're getting it from media and advertising it. They're getting it on social media. Here's all the ways you're not good enough or smart enough or pretty enough or talented enough. So let's filter those things out and be the voice for the, the effort that they put forth and the progress that they've made and the skills that they have, what they're naturally good at. Let's be the voice calling those things out because those things can shape their whole lives in a positive way and that to me is empowerment and it all really fits together and I hope you can see how these puzzle pieces fit together of what creating a girl-led experience looks like and none of it means the girls have to lead the meetings right that's not that's not it. That's not what girl-led means. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about a girl-led movement. Um, can girls lead meetings? Absolutely. And if they want to, is that an option for you? Totally totally. But if that's not what the girls want to do, that's the opposite of girl-led. I think that's important too. So, and and just getting it out of your head that girl-led has to mean that the girls are the troop leaders. That's that's not the point. The girls don't need to be the adults. They, need, they still need adults, especially depending on the different age level. But we should see, or age, or not just age, but like developmental level, right? Um, depending on their developmental level, they still need adults. Frankly, I'm in my 30s and I still need, I still need my my adults and my mentors and um, my parents. I'm very close to my mom and I still absolutely need her, right? But, but also mentors that I look up to, uh, role models in my life, like I'm still looking to other adults, right? <laughs> like uh, older adults, more experienced adults, whatever it is. So everybody needs needs adults in their life. And I, that's true for our girls as well. So it doesn't mean the girls need to be the adults. It doesn't mean the girls need to do all the decision-making. They need to do some decision-making, but it doesn't mean they need to do all the decision-making. It doesn't mean they need to be standing at the front of the room. It doesn't mean they need to be um, planning the logistics. It can mean that, and we should be helping them build skills. That's empowering too. And that's part of empowerment too. And I, I guess I I did myself a disservice by not saying that earlier, but that's a big part of empowerment is helping girls build skills that make them confident when they walk into situations. It's learning how to take risks and it's learning how to take risks safely. It's learning how to be confident when they walk into a situation and even exploring and dabbling in all these different subject matters and interest areas is giving girls confidence that they know a little bit about a lot of things. So no matter what situation they find themselves in, they're not starting at zero and they know how to explore the unknown situations. They know how to put themselves outside of their comfort zone and they know how to explore the world around them confidently. That's empowerment. It's a huge part of empowerment. So let's go through these seven things again. So I'm going to reiterate, girl-led does not mean letting them do anything they want 
or even letting them do what they want because there are times that what they want to do is not a choice right that's true for us as adults too <laughs> sometimes what we want to do is not a choice so child-led or girl-led does not mean let them do what they want it does mean that they understand okay let me try that again it does mean that we understand what motivates them it means we set boundaries together it means we listen to them it means we notice what they notice it means we share happy moments it means we respect their opinions and it means we empower them so i really hope that this was helpful for you today and that it gives you some things to think about going into this new school year a new troop year a new troop season happy back to troop and let's have a really girl-led year i will see you right here next week <laughs>